Welcome back to another episode of Accounting Insider. I'm Andrew Montessi with Kim Nitschke. And Kim, it's been a while, mate. Hmm. <laughs> it's been a few weeks. Kim's had a holiday, but it's been uh, quite eventful. And there's going to be a couple of episodes that we're going to be spinning out uh, from uh, old Kimbo's experiences. <laughs> we're, uh, Accounting Insider is very open and honest, and we're going to keep it that way, aren't we, Kim? Absolutely. So let's go back to just before you left for your Bali holiday, just starting to mentally prepare to unwind after after a big year. And then you've had every rental property owner's nightmare. What happened? Okay, so I booked my holiday to Bali six months in advance and counting down the days. We leave on Saturday night. I get a phone call on the Wednesday at about 10 o'clock saying, Kim, something's happened at the rental property. Not sure whether you're aware of it, but just letting you know. And so I, th- I think I took the call from the tenant. I said, oh, is that the front corner of the property that you know I know has been sort of a little bit cracked over the years? Is that something you've just noticed? He goes, no, 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 it's not that side of the house at all. It's the other side. And I'm thinking, what on earth could happen? I thought that side was perfect. Anyway, um, the reason that this had all come about was because we'd had a lot of rain and the air conditioner wasn't working at the rental property. And the tenant had rung me the week before saying, can you get someone out? And I said, well, look, I don't know whether it's an electrician problem or whether it's an air conditioning problem, but I've got an air conditioning technician and he'll be out there as soon as he can. And he said, is that going to be tomorrow? And I said, uh-uh, that's going to be Tuesday next week. So he's out there on the Tuesday um, I think he rang in and said he was going to be a day late, so he went on the Wednesday. While he's there, he's noticed that part of the wall of the property has actually let go. And you actually had to see the photograph to see how bad the actual um, chunk of wall that had actually fallen down was. It was Just to describe it to people, um, it was about a metre by 500 um, millimetres... Uh, wide, so you're talking in terms of weight, uh, at least a ton of a double brick wall that oh, was geez. that had dropped about twenty to thirty centimeters and was tipping and basically counterlevered and hanging out over my carport. This is the photo. It doesn't look good. Now my tenant's um, child was sleeping in the room. Uh, so you can imagine in these old, really old, hundred-year-old houses that if something goes wrong, they're not like the new lightweight cladding. If the wall falls or whatever, there is a tremendous amount of weight there that can go any which way. And, you know, the, the effects can be disastrous. So, so what did the tenant say? So he was a bit worked up when he spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And he's in the legal profession. So um, he wanted me to act on it immediately and I was booked up for the whole day. So I knew it was an issue. Um, I can't remember if I actually went there straight away. I think that's what – that's right. I, I, I had a, um, a carpenter friend of mine working with me on another property just doing some um, patching up of cracks and things like that. And I said, look, we're going to go up to, to the pub for lunch. 
I've just got something I want to run by you on the way there. <laughs> so we dropped in and it was raining and he climbed up on top of the brush fence roof for me and took a photo with his Samsung phone and he looked down at me and said, Kim, this is much worse than I expected. This is beyond me. I cannot help you with this. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is really bad. So how was this problem caused? Well, um, it was basically caused by me not cleaning out the gutters. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Kimbo. (laughs) So, well, you know, there's a little bit more to it than that. You know, you don't have to clean out your your gutters for a period of time. Let's just say, um, you know, a season, six months, 12 months. But I'd had that property rented for two and a half years and hadn't done anything. What's worse than that is this carport that was on the side of the house where the problem was, was actually built by a home handyman. And the downpipe, instead of being 90 mils, was like 60 mils. So at any slight chance of a a leaf getting caught in that gutter, it would, and it blocked up at the drop of a hat. So it was an ongoing sort of issue, and I'd sort of turned a blind eye to it, thinking, well, I'm going to replace all that section of the carport at some point, so it can just sit like that until I've got a change of tenants and I'm doing some maintenance. Anyway, that was a big mistake. Water had built up in that gutter, dripped against the wall of the 100-year-old building, and over time, drip, 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 we've had the wettest July in 30 years, I think. Mm, Something like that. And the actual foundation under the window on that wall had given way because effectively it wasn't resting on um, hard, firm, compacted soil underneath the house. It was resting on, like, mud. So it just (sighs) sank. And as part of that, the brick wall just sort of collapsed and bricks fell. Now, so I've identified the issue at lunchtime, realised that it's way beyond my handyman sort of slash carpenter. That night, I got a two-page email Mm. basically setting out all my rights (laughs) and comparing them to the tenants' rights (laughs) under the Residential Tenancies Act. It's not sort of something that you want to read. No, no. (laughs) And I guess it sort of uh, um, brought to my attention the seriousness of the problem um, in a big way. Yeah. So you couldn't couldn't just say, oh, look, mate, I'm just going to hold off on this until I get back from a holiday in Bali. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, the next thing was, when am I going to tell the person... Who's, who's, who's got the issue with this um, wall that I'm actually going away for two weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the next day I rang my town planner. I didn't get a lot of sleep that night. Kim's just massaging his head at the moment, <laughs> still just reliving the stress. <laughs> I rang my town planner and I said, look, Peter, I think you should come and have a look at this. So he jumped in his car immediately. He said, Kim, this is an emergency. I sent him the photo. <laughs> the picture says a thousand words. <laughs> If you want to go to SoundCloud, there'll be photos yeah. of the wall for those of you who are interested. Um, and it's a bit embarrassing, this whole circumstance. And what do they say? Comedy is tragedy plus time. Um, so my town planner drives down urgently. He said, I'll get my footings contractor to come around and meet me and I'll get my builder to go around immediately and have a look. The builder gets there, and I've never met this builder. He meets with my um, the person renting the place and looks around the property and says... This house is condemned. 
it's all buggers. What? <laughs> you know, and for me, in my line of work, client relations are everything. Yeah. This this guy has got zero concept of that. <laughs> you know, if there's a problem, you work out what the solution is and then you explain it to the person um, who's in the situation. Not just blurt out the first thing that comes to mind. And, you know, a house that's condemned, oh, you know, the ramifications that went through, everyone's minds were just like, yeah. what have we got on our hands here? In fact, there was um, a, a leak in the roof at the back of the house, completely unrelated, but that was being re-roofed at the time. The roofing contractor at the back had overheard the conversation. He'd rung through his, to his boss and said, are we going to get paid for this job? Oh, this house is condemned. No. And so... The person who'd introduced me to that roofing contractor rang me and said, Kim, everyone in head office is freaking out. Are we going to get paid for this job? The house is condemned. You know, is our money good? And I said, yeah, just everyone relax, take your Valium, calm down. I'm going to pay for it. We've just got a slight issue on the other end of the house. <laughs> Completely unrelated. It'll all be fine. So I'm reassuring them. I'm reassuring the, the people that are living there. My town planner's there. He's now got a footings guy there. He's cordoned off the street. Right? He's got that emergency... Is this guy a bit of a drama queen, this building? Oh, absolutely. He's got the red police tape out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as in no one is it to enter the premises sort of thing. And I'm going to be thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to have Safe Work SA rocking up. I'm going to have the council. I'm going to have TV crews. It was just escalating, totally out of control. The footing guy's walking around with levels inside the house... He's telling me that it's all dropped, it's all out of whack. This repair on this side of the house that we're looking at, there's 40 grand there, there's 20 grand on the other side of the house. And, and he's going, do you want us to start tomorrow? And I'm going, whoa, wait a minute. Everyone just slow down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said, right, give me your quote in writing from the footings guy and let me digest, knowing in the back of my mind that I had a number of people that would have done a great old job. But one reason or another, can't be there tomorrow, but will be a fraction of his price and do a better job, in my opinion. So that's the course that we've gone down. The person who's living in the house moved out promptly because they said that they wanted a structural engineer's report. The structural engineer came and looked at it, I think the next day, and he got up in the roof and he said, Kim, this is bad. This is really bad. This is... He's explaining this to me. He said, um, the roof, because the walls move so far away from the house is only resting by 5 to 10 mils on the brickwork. If that lets go, the roof's going to collapse. So it was all precariously hanging there in the balance. So I just went, to the, went and spoke to the person renting the place and I said, look, you guys are going to move out. You just, that's the only answer. This, the reports that I'm getting from everyone is just as much worse than I thought. Just move out. Don't pay me any rent. In fact, they just paid rent the day before. I immediately refunded it to them, just out of courtesy yeah. to them. I said, I'll cover your relocation costs. Your safety is my paramount concern. Hmm. <laughs> and they appreciated that. And they, you know, they knew that it wasn't my fault. Yeah. You know, it's not something that I'd caused intentionally. Um, so they moved out, which was great. That gave us um, full run of the house to get in there and really have a look at and diagnose the problem. The problem, as it worked out, was much worse than I had encountered. Once I'd um, financially come to a resolution with the guy living there, um, the pressure was out of the situation. And 
we were able to work out an action plan after that. I think that, you know, people panic and they worry about money and as soon as you cut some people some slack and, you know, um, uh, recompense, recompense people um, what they're out of pocket, automatically you're in a better position to be able to negotiate a deal. So what's the status now? So um, I explained to him that I was going to Bali and that was fine. Um, so I was in Bali and I said to everyone, look, I want this repaired, but I don't want any phone calls while I'm away. You know, whether I'm here or not, it's going to be irrespective of whether you get this job done or not. Mm. I've ch- chosen a particular guy. I said, you organise all the people, all the scaffolding, all the information and materials that you need and just send me a bill for it. But this is two weeks out of my year that I want off. Please respect that. And and so that was good. He He went away. I got an email from the person renting the place while I was away saying, um, we can't find anything in the ballpark for what we're renting that place. Could we please rent it again when it's repaired? <laughs> Which is, bearing in result. mind, from, what, from where we'd come from to that point was a massive turnaround. It's huge. Yeah. So I said, look, I'm in a sort of a state of shock at the moment. I need to process everything. I really want to get to the bottom of the problem and find out what has actually caused all this. Um, I think ultimately it was caused by a leaking carport, so I'm straight away going to replace that. But as for underpinning the house and all of that, well, I don't think any of that's necessary. And, you know, the, the guy that is actually there doing the repairs is doing a great job. But yesterday I had to meet with him on site and I said, look, I know you want to do all this, this, this and this, like basically tear down the side of the house, but I don't want to go that far. I want to make it safe. I just want to pull down the stuff that's moved. I want to address the problem and then I want to reinstate it as quickly and as cheaply as I can. Mm. And he was really good with that point of view. He said, look, I don't, know, don't really agree with you. And then we got the bricklayer in yesterday and he said, the immediate concern is because the wall sort of moved out and there's a chimney above it, there's probably another two tonnes worth of um, bricks sitting up there in the chimney that are all precariously hanging out. He said, Kim, that immediately needs to be removed. And I said, fantastic, that's a great compromise. Take that bit down, take to the top of that wall down and then start reinstating it as fast as you can. So at the moment, it's sitting there with tarpaulins out all over the place. Um, a wall being has been taken down brick by brick. Have the squatters moved in yet? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> There's no locks. You could jump yeah. the fence, climb the scaffolding. Even the squatters don't want to know about it, mate. It's in that well, I think they get quite wet and it'd be freezing cold. <laughs> so, but so that's part... Well, I guess there's three components. There's that first leaking roof out the back, mm. which... That was five grand to fix that. And that's just, that was being, that, that was caused by a leaking um, solar heating for my pool pipe. 20 year old system. You know, I let it leak for a year longer than it should. Salt water leaking onto a corrugated iron roof. Big trouble. <laughs> so that was $5,000. Replace that. No problems. That was stage one. Stage two was this wall falling down. Stage three, as we're moving the furniture out of the room to repair the wall, there's mould on the wall behind where the furniture is. And again, the person renting the place said, Kim, I think you need to come around and have a look at this. I'm thinking, oh, well, how could this get any worse? So we went there and sure enough, shower on the other side, <laughs> every time you turn the hot water on, the water is just streaming into the wall. Just nightmare. 
So this is going to be an expensive exercise for me. Yeah, so what do you... So the I mean, numbers, a, put some numbers behind yeah, it? Yeah, I'm sure you've crunched the numbers well, many times over. Yeah, okay. I think the wall repair, we're probably going to do 20 grand on that. The plumbing, probably five. So I'm down the tube, 25 grand. Loss of rent, talking probably three months. Mm, about six grand. What's that? 31? Yep. Oh, it's yeah. a bit of an expensive lesson. Yeah, but you've got insurance though, don't you, Kim? <laughs> and this is going to come back to, uh, as, as we discussed prior to recording, this is testing a lot of your philosophies. One of them was, don't bother with insurance, Kim says on his podcast. And now... Yes. Mm. Well, okay, let's go back. Let's crunch the numbers. 20 years, no insurance. No, sorry, 10 years, no insurance. 1,500 a year? So I'm 15 grand. In front, aren't I? Mm. Offset that against the 30, I'm 15 behind. But I still think I'm in front. This is one property of five. Mm. So you crunch the numbers across the whole range. And I think the self-insurance policy still comes out on top. Even though in this situation it's embarrassing for me <laughs> to admit that it was uninsured. But on the repair side of things... Um, the other point to bear in mind is that because it's my place, I'm able to do the repairs immediately rather than dealing with assessors and I'm doing it to a specification that it's going to last me 25 years. It's not a, um, a quick fix, cheap repair. I mean, it's, it's done very economically, mm. but I'm not cutting any corners on quality. Like, I want to have that... Pr I've said to everyone working on the job, I want to own this property in 40 years' time, so whatever mm. we do, I want to last. If you think that there's one component of the repair job that is not going to work as a result of that my, the, the, this uh, repair that we're doing, let me know, because I do want to go back mm. that next step and repair it so that there's no problems in the next 30 years. So do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I'm controlling it. If an insurance company was instructing a builder, it would take twice as long and cost twice as much compared. But I wouldn't be paying for it. Yeah. I guess there'd be an excess there, maybe a thousand bucks. So it's you can see that margin is getting squeezed. Yeah. <laughs> but no, mate, I think it's I think it's a really good thing to talk about and be completely honest about your philosophies, even when they get tested. So that's interesting. What else? Have you learned from this? What other philosophies have been tested? Uh, we, we've spoken in, in a lot of detail throughout episodes about the way you choose properties and yeah. your philosophies about, um, you know, the types of properties and what you look for. Has that changed? Well, it, it really hasn't changed anything. I know, I know we had this conversation. I think it was before I was going to step foot on the plane and you'd said, what's happened to our podcast this week? And I said, well... This has just been the week from hell. And then you said to me, Kim, does this mean that everything we've said in the podcast is wrong? <laughs> and I think I hesitated on the phone. But in hindsight, you know what? Um, it doesn't change a thing. Yeah. Like, it's completely on track. I think the only thing I will do as a result of this is I'll take my maintenance much, much, much more seriously, especially when it comes to roofs and block gutters and block drain pipes with leaves. You know, like... I reckon we're all guilty of this. If you've, you know, you've come through autumn, you get a massive downpour, the first couple of downpours in winter, and your downpipes are clear at the top, you've cleaned your gutters, but down the bottom, if you've got a massive downpour, you can see the water, mm. you know, um, 
flowing out of the bottom of your gutters. Every time that happens now, I'll get a plumber in. Yeah. Right? Just the, the massive detrimental effect that excess water around your, the bottom of your property can have um, is just horrendous. So you've got to manage that as best you can. And on another property that I've got, I've just got a dirt path down one side of the building. I'm going to concrete that and I'm going to cut some trees down and things like that. Just because this is something that just flop, you know, it seems like a, you know, a little drip from a tap, but it has a massive impact. Yeah. has a massive effect. The other question is, you know, in hindsight, would I choose a property that's 100 years old? Absolutely. You know, these things, no foundations, walls are built on dwarf force, but those guys back then knew what they were doing. They, these properties, they might move a bit, a few cracks here and there, but they'll be still standing long after we're dead and buried. And, and you, can't re- in, you can't recreate that character. Yeah. The new ones just don't cut it. And what about property management? Would you get everything that you've gone through... Do you think having a property manager involved would have helped you or would have even hindered you? No regrets there either? In this situation, the only thing it would have done was absolutely complicated 100%. You know, with, in light of who the tenant is and the, the massive um, implications of everything that happened, I needed to be there. Everyone wants to deal with the owner because they're the decision maker. Mm. And you can tell by a wink, a sideways glance, body language, and exactly what you, 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 the person renting your property is thinking. And you can read the situation, know whether to step forward and go on attack or whether to back off because you've pushed them as far as you possibly can. And I really like that. And I like being in that position and, and not having my story triangulated through an agent back to the the person renting the property. Well, when you think about it, uh, the relational aspect is such a big thing for you and the fact that your tenant is now keen to get back in there ASAP. Yeah. Um, if there was a property manager in there uh, muddying the waters even more, oh. I mean, that probably wouldn't have even happened. Absolutely. So you've like, ended up with a good result. In the he's end. a great friend. You know, through it, we've, we've had our moments, <laughs> as you can imagine. <laughs> you know, some of the words in that email that night were... I need to consider my family. <laughs> you know, and sure, that's every father's, <laughs> um, you know, major concern. But, um, you know, and, I, and I'm providing a safe, habitable environment <laughs> for a tenant. Um, but, you know, there's got to be a bit of give and take. And, and in this situation, we have both worked through to have a really good result. It's a great outcome. And, and you know... In the back of my mind, I bought this place for um, $620,000. The neighbours sold for $1.3 million. I've done all right on the place. I've spent very little on it over the 10 years I've had it. Okay, I'm out of pocket a bit on this deal. But if you factor that into my purchase price, I'm still miles in front. Mm. Okay, a couple of sleepless nights, a couple of sleepless nights, but... Is it worth it? Absolutely. Would I do it all again? Absolutely. Would I clean the gutters this time every year? Absolutely. <laughs> Would have I increased the size of that downpipe from 60 mil to 90 mil? Absolutely. But you can't go back and you've got to accept it as it's all unfolded and that's fine. And as you've said, you're looking at it from a big picture perspective in terms of your investment rather yeah. than just looking at that macro initial cost. One thing that was of major concern is, I don't know whether you've ever heard of that HIA order, 
Now, no. if your house gets to such a bad state, they come in and step, inspect the property and put a ceiling rent on it. I was very, very worried with all of this happening that they were going to come and do that. But then when I actually read all the legislation, if it, it, it's worded in the way that if the landlord's doing their utmost to reinstate it and to get everything back up to standard, um, you're pretty safe. But I did have those awful thoughts coming into my head. But they've all been managed and they've all been ruled out now. So nothing to worry about. Beautiful. Well, I think that's it's another great Kim Nitschke story, that's for sure, with a lot of lessons learned. And uh, as I said, I think it's really important that we share quite openly about these sort of things. So thanks for listening to Accounting Insider. Sorry for the layoff for a few weeks to our massive fans out there. Um, to connect, visit accountinginsider.net and you'll hear from us soon. Thanks.